Well, today I want to begin a new series entitled, Hello, My Name Is. And uh, I just found out yesterday, God is my witness, that Matthew West put out a song entitled, Hello, My Name Is. I did not, I did not know that. And uh, so this isn't even about his thingajiggy, but uh, his whole approach is, Hello, My Name Is, I'm a Child of God, and kind of gets into that. And that's a great, it's kind of on, on your identity. But actually, I want to go from the opposite angle. I want to talk about the identity of God. You know, if you really want to know who you are, you really need to know who God is. Come on, can I get a good amen? Don't give me some underwhelming response. Amen. If you want to know who you are, you need to know who God is. And today, I want to talk about, I want to, I want to look into this whole idea of this. There's seven or eight what we call redemptive names of God. And uh, I want to talk about those over the next few weeks. And I'm not sure if I'm going to cover them all, but I am going to cover some of them. And today I want to talk about Jehovah Rapha. Everybody say Jehovah Rapha. And uh, this is God is our healer. I don't know if you know this, but you are one sick puppy. And you need... God, who is healer. He's a healing God. And so we're going to look into these names of God as God revealed them to us. And Exodus chapter 15 is where we find our first name that we're going to be talking about, Jehovah Rapha. And it's found in Exodus 15, verses 22 and following. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. We sang about that today, how he brought them through the Red Sea. And they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, meaning bitter. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance with them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians." For I am the Lord who hears you. Is somebody competing with me talking right now? Oh, that's me? Well, we always need more of me. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so did you catch that? Let me read that. I'm not going to read the whole passage. But let's look at verse 26. Here's what the Lord said. If you diligently... Heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord your healer. Amen. So that's the word of God. So Father, we thank you for this truth today, and I pray, Lord, that you would open up our understanding, 
that you are a God who heals us. And may we receive your healing today in whatever dimension we need it. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, I think this one's for you. Go ahead and tell them that. Okay, so I want to I wanna read a verse of Scripture to you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs 18 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they're safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. Jehovah Rapha is a strong tower of the name of God. And if you want to find safety, if you want to find healing, if you want to find rest for your souls, if you need God to move in your life in a, in a way that transforms you and changes you, whatever and however, you need to run to God. You need to run to Jehovah Rapha. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Jehovah Rapha is a strong tower. Jehovah means or refers to God's relationship to man. He is our Lord. Jehovah means God is our Lord. Rapha means to cure, to mend, to fix, to repair, to restore to good health. So this means that God, Jehovah, Yahweh, our Lord, is a great fixer-upper. He's a great curer. He's one who can restore us to health and transform our lives. When Jesus came to reveal the very heart of God, if you remember, if you read the story of Jesus, he went about, the Bible says, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Because sickness and disease and dysfunction and brokenness in life isn't from God. He doesn't need to inflict you with that to teach you a lesson. He needs to come and heal you of that. To take out the bitterness of life and the brokenness of your heart and of, the, of your experiences in your life, whether in body, spirit, emotion, or mind. However, Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Hallelujah. And he brought healing. He wanted to show us, Jehovah Rapha, that our God is a healing God transforming God. And so the Lord has come to bring recovery to every one of us, not just to forgive us of our sin. And how many are glad that God has forgiven all your sin? But He has also come to recover us to God's original intention in every dimension of our life. And this is why I love the Exodus story, because the picture of the Hebrew children being brought out of 430 years of bondage in Egypt is to us a picture of our life now in Jesus and how that we have been redeemed, brought out of death, out of destruction, out of the brokenness of the world. I love in the book of Psalms, chapter 105, Psalms 105, verse 37, here's what it says about when God brought them out. It says that he brought them out with silver and gold. How many of you like that? He brought them out with lots of silver and gold, and there was, watch, none feeble among them. We're talking about millions of Jews. 
Somebody had to have arthritis. Somebody had to have a back, uh, lower back pain. Somebody had to have a knee problem. Somebody had to be somewhat physically impaired. And yet, and yet, the Bible says when God brought him out, there was none feeble. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to explain that, but I kind of feel like that when they partook of the Passover meal and they applied the blood to their houses, that something miraculous and supernatural came upon them. And they walked out of that place in the strength and the power and the healing graces of God. But they still lived in a broken world and in a broken society. And it wasn't very long in their journey that they experienced a setback. After three days of wilderness and dwindling water supply, they came to a pool of water, as we read here in this passage, only to discover that it was polluted. It was bitter. It was undrinkable water. And this is a picture, I think, for us, that there are, there are those times and experiences in our lives where we would experience a setback of disappointment, Sometimes affliction, disease, a bad report from the doctor, trouble in our life, strife with people around us, maybe even our own personal weaknesses and failures. What are we to do when we experience the bitter experiences of a broken heart, a broken home, a broken body, a broken life, broken marriage? What what do we do when we hit these places? Well, the answer is Proverbs 18.10. You run to the strong tower of Jehovah Rapha. You get to the healer. You get to the mender, the fixer-upper, the one who alone can repair. And so today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about God's healing power and presence in our life. And I want to do this by focusing on, first of all, what God heals. I'm going to get back to this passage and talk about how God heals. But before we do, I want to talk about what God heals. Scripture reveals that our God is a healer, and the reason He is a healer is because we are so broken in so many ways. We are all a mess. I don't know if you know that. And we are, in some cases, dysfunctional. In other cases, we're diseased. And whatever, however it manifests in our lives, we are all a broken down mess. And God has revealed himself as a God who not only saves us from our sins, but he wants to heal us of our brokenness. So how does God heal us? Well, first of all, he heals us spiritually. This is perhaps the greatest and deepest need, is this need to be healed of the sickness of sin in our lives. David wrote and he said in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Number one, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. So God is not just a God who heals physically. We'll get to that in a moment. But I also need healing spiritually. 
Because in my spirit, even while I was in my mother's womb, even while God knit me together in sin, my mother did conceive me. And it wasn't long before I came out of the womb and started committing sin. And I was diseased with sin. And this is why it says in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, it says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Why? Why? How, what is that? I'm healed of the sickness of iniquity. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I've been saved and that I've been forgiven of all my sins. I was a mess. I was broke down. Even while being raised up in a Christian home, I lived my own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned in his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. You weren't that good to begin with. God bless you. Oh, I'm a good person. No, you're not. You're a sicko. And you need healing. Amen. I want to talk a little bit. Let me just kind of shift gears on this idea of spiritual healing. Once you come to Jesus, you are a child of God. How many of you believe that? You belong to the Lord. Amen. I love the promise Jesus said, when you're in the palm of my hand, nothing by any means shall snatch you out. But that doesn't mean that there aren't times that in my spirit, I don't backslide. This isn't a word you find in the New Testament, but it is replete in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, talked a lot about this, and here's what he said in Jeremiah 3.22, The Lord says, return to me, you backsliding children. (laughs) You're still my children. But he said, return to me, my backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. See, any one of us in the room can be drifting away from from the Lord. Not giving heed to the Word of God. Not walking in obedience with the Lord. Not spending quality time with Him. Where in our spirit, we begin to make choices that take us away from God. And you don't necessarily lose your salvation. But you're missing out on the relationship God wants with you. And He said, this backsliding is a sickness that needs to be healed. But if you want healing in your soul, you need to make the choice to return to me just like you made choices to drift away from me. Amen. God has come to heal us of our backsliding. Backsliding is when we are regressing in our faith instead of progressing in our faith. Let me tell you something about Christianity. You're not stuck here Christianity, you're either moving forward or you're drifting backward. You're either possessing ground or you're being possessed. And if you want deliverance from this, you need to run to the high tower, the strong tower of Jehovah Rapha, who said, I can heal you of this disease called backsliding. Amen.
But also the Lord not only heals us spiritually, he does heal us physically. Psalms 103, verse 3. Let's look at it again. He forgives our iniquities. Everybody says amen. Amen. Watch. And all our diseases. How many sins does the Lord forgive? Oh. How many diseases can the Lord, does the Lord uh, heal? All. All. It's funny to me how we will accept the front end of that scripture, but oftentimes question the back end of it. And it could be because that's our tendency is that we're limiting what the back end in our life. Maybe not always, but it could be. The Lord, I love the Lord. He's a healing God. He's a healer physically. Sometimes in the scripture, he heals instantly. Other times, he heals gradually. But in every case, he heals eventually. Amen. The Lord heals miraculously. And no less miraculously, he can heal medically. In fact, the prophet Isaiah said, When he went back, the Lord said, tell Hezekiah, I'm going to heal him and give him 15 more years to his life. And Hezekiah went back in and said, God heard your prayer and God's going to heal you of this affliction. And oh, by the way, go ahead and apply the medicine to his body. But just know this, it was God that did the healing. However it manifests, in whatever way it manifests, whether a miraculous move of God apart from medicine or through the means of medicine. God is a healer and he heals physical bodies because the reason we're broken down physically is because of our sin and God came to restore us, not just to save us from our sin, but to restore us, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Come on, where's those amens out there? And why does he do this? Because he is a compassionate God. I love Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. It says that when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to the desert place by himself. He was just trying to get away from everybody. I mean, how do you like that about Jesus? He was trying to get away. But when, but, everybody say but. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from those cities And when Jesus went out and he saw them, he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. He was trying to get away. He wanted rest. He wanted reprieve. But they kept needing him and wanting him. And when he saw their brokenness and when he saw their disease and when he saw their hurt and when he saw their pain, it moved him with compassion. And he healed them. Why? Compassion says it right there. God doesn't want to see you devastated by life physically and diseased. He went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. What happened to my lights? Is this the glory of God? Things are just happening all over the place. I'm telling you, I'm in charge. No. The word compassion, the word compassion is derived from 
the word in the Greek which means womb. God feels for you like a mother feels about the baby she's carrying in her womb. Nurturing, caring, carrying, feeling, wanting. That's compassion. And that's why God heals. Because he's full of compassion. God also not only heals us spiritually, not only physically, but God heals us emotionally. Psalms 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I just, I know you know this, but all of us, all of us suffer emotional damage over past wounds or past regrets. Sometimes the wounds in our life, and you can tell this because sometimes the wounds in our life make us overly sensitive and easily offended, or makes us overly insensitive and offensive. Because we're acting out of our pain, out of our woundedness. And so, the Lord needs to heal us emotionally. And I would even link the mental part of us with the emotions. I think there is some distinction that could be made there, but I'll just go ahead and put the two together. That Because, you know, a lot of reason the way that I feel about things has, has a lot to do with the way I think about things and the way I process things often affects my feelings about things. And the Lord wants to heal us. And it says right there, Psalms 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. And this is what Jesus did when he sat down at the well with the woman who was an outcast to her own people, going to, in the middle of the day, which is the wrong time of the day, to go and get water by herself. Why? Because she was looked at as a disgrace in her society, but Jesus, he planned it out. He chose the moment and the day and the time and the place. Why? Because she was broken and hurting on the inside. Jesus met her there. Or the demoniac, who also was an outcast to his own community, and they tried to put him in chains, and they put him in a graveyard, and the man ran naked and wild, and he was out of his mind. He was not sane, and Jesus crossed that way that day. And he met that man. Why? Because he was emotionally wounded and brokenhearted. And I love when Jesus took control of the situation. How many of you know the Lord can take control of the situation? (laughs) And he cast that demon out. And the Bible said when the disciples returned and they saw the man, they saw him. Or when the people of the town came out there to see what was going on, they saw the man sitting at the feet of Jesus. Fully clothed. And in his right mind. That's what God can do. Some of us are out of our mind. Some of us have lost our mind. Jesus can heal your mind. Jesus can heal your heart. Amen. I love the woman with the issue of blood. 
It says that she had a, a, a bleeding disorder in her body. She had it for 12 years and she spent all of her wealth on different physicians trying to find health and healing and the stoppage of this flow of blood. And the old, uh, the old King James Version said it was an issue of blood. She had issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know you got issues, but I still love you. <laughs> she had this bleeding. And you know, that's what, that's what some of us are doing. We're bleeding all over the place. Just manifests in our lives. Just it shows up in our anger. It shows up in our resentment. It shows up in our, in our, in, uh, you know, insensitivities. It shows up in our insecurities. It shows up when we run away from our problems instead of staying and face, facing them. It shows up in our broken marriages. It shows up in the way I think about others, or the way I think about myself, or maybe the way I think about God. Oh, you got issues. She said. I got one thing left. I'm going to turn from all the other physicians and I'm going to go after the one true physician. And she said, if I could just touch him, it'll all be okay. And she pressed through the crowd. She touched Jesus and her faith drew out the power of God. Her faith drew out the power of God. Jesus, and here's how I know that, because Jesus turned around and said, your faith made you well. God responds to faith. I'm a broken down mess. Reach out and touch the Lord. Go after Jesus. Get as close as you possibly can because he's the tower. He is the strong tower. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Amen. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal us relationally too. God can heal us relationally. One of the emotional damage can be a major cause of relational dysfunction and division in our lives. The, part of the reason why we can't get along, part of the reason why our marriages fall apart, part of the reason why we are constantly struggling with other people in our lives has a lot to do with our own emotional baggage. And I know it's easy to blame everybody else, but it's probably your fault. <laughs> Just getting encouraged all over the place today, aren't we? <laughs> all healing, listen to me, all healing, and especially relational healing, requires our active involvement and complete faith. There is, listen, there is no relationship beyond God's ability to repair it, but there has to be a willingness on our part to pursue it and to receive it in the name of Jesus. And that goes for our marriages. Excuse me while I get a Kleenex. That goes for our marriages. Whenever there's a breakdown in our marriage relationships, God wants to heal that. But that healing requires you and I to go after it. God is a healer. You know, when 
the Lord, when Jesus was asked about divorce and remarriage, he said that God's intention was for the man and the woman to come together and to become one flesh and that that would never separate. And he said, the only reason why you got a bill of divorce, the only reason why God allowed there to be a bill of divorce isn't because God thought, well, I can, I can see your point. Yeah, that, that person, you know. No, that's not the reason. The reason that there was a bill of divorce was Jesus said it because of the hardness of your heart. Not the ability of God to heal and restore and make everything new. Because of where you're at. And I'm not saying that to make anybody feel bad, but to make all of us aware that God can heal the worst of situations and the most broken of relationships. Amen. Come on, amen. Can I get a good amen? So God heals. And I'll just add a couple more that aren't going to come up on the screen. God can heal us nationally too. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. How many of you know our land needs healing? Anyway, there's probably more, but those are some of the big ones. God heals spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, nationally, all of those ways, relationally. Number two, let's talk about how God heals. This is where I want to come back to Exodus. I want to come back and conclude this today in, in looking at Exodus chapter 15. And we see some important truths about running to the tower, the strong tower of Jehovah Rapha for healing in whatever dimension we need today. If we need a healing touch today, and I could ask for a raise of hands, but probably a third of us would say it. But all of us need healing in some way or other. Probably. Probably. Come on. Probably. Somewhere. If we need a healing touch today, the very first thing that I saw out of this passage, I think it would be important for us, is that we have to stop complaining and start crying out to God. You remember the Israelites, when they came upon water after three days with no water, they found a pool of water and they took a drink of it and they drank and it was bitter, it was polluted, it was no good. And their first response became the way they dealt with all their problems. They complained against Moses and they complained against God. And they started whining and murmuring about the bitter situation and the bitter circumstance about what was going on and the pain that I feel and the brokenness and everybody else and all of the problems around me. And they complain and complain. And here, that's what they did. They complain. And Moses turns around and he cries out to God. If you need a healing today, You and I need to stop complaining about how bad it is and cry out to God for a move and a miracle to take place. Amen. I saw somebody said this, and I I wrote it down. We have to decide if we're going to be worshipers who occasionally complain or complainers who occasionally worship. The Israelites were complainers who every once in a while would get their act together. 
But this immediate response to the problem and the brokenness that they were feeling and the bitterness that they were going through, this became uh, the downfall of their own walk with God and why they missed out on everything God had for them. Not because God didn't love them, not because they weren't his children, but because their mode of operation was complain. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir. It's all the people in the second service. God desires to heal us, but he's waiting on us to come to him. I love Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. It won't come up there, but Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, the Lord says, therefore I will wait upon you so I can be gracious to you. I want to move, but I want you to want me to move in your life. I want to do something. I can do something. But I'm waiting on you to get desperate enough to seek me instead of looking to the right and to the left or to yourself or to the problem or to what didn't happen or what has always happened. At some point, we got to get over it and cry out to God. That's what David did in Psalms 30, verses 2 and 3. He said, O Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave, and you have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. See, some of us have learned to cope with the pit. Amen. Thank you for that underwhelming response. Some of us have learned how to live our life in the pit. David said, no, not me. I'm going to cry out to God. I need God to move. I need God to heal me. I'm a mess. I feel like it's over. I don't know, spirit, soul, body, it doesn't matter. Emotionally, mentally, however, put it, fill in the blank. We can either complain or we can cry out. And there's power in crying out to God. And it can reverse the barrenness and the brokenness of what we're going through. When we cry out to God, I mean, when we cry out. I love the story of, uh, remember when, uh, I'll get it here in a minute. Abraham, I don't even remember where he was going. Where was he going when Abimelech was there and saw his wife and was like, I'll have her. Egypt, was it Egypt? I got two Egypts. Anyway, Abimelech, Abraham says, listen, uh, you're beautiful. Say you're my sister so these people won't kill me and take you. And so Sarah does that, and then Abimelech sees Sarah, and he's like, yeah, I'll take her. And uh, so he grabs her and has her for a while, apparently, but he doesn't do anything. God shows up one day and says, I'm going to kill you. He's like, wait a minute, why are you going to kill me? Because you've got Abraham's wife. Oh, wait a minute, he deceived me, he lied to me, right? Remember the story? And so the Lord said, well, he's a prophet, and he prays, and I do things. And Abimelech's like, okay, God, I'll settle it. So he gave gave him a bunch of silver and gold and said, hey, anywhere you want to camp out, it's yours. And, And then the Bible said in chapter 20, verse 17, the Bible said that Abraham prayed 
And Abimelech and his wife and all his servants were healed of barrenness. Listen to that. Abraham sought the Lord for this man, and the barrenness was reversed because apparently God shut down their reproductive systems because they were out of God's will. And so I'm just saying that to you. I want to remind you of that story, that there are times when things don't seem to be working and functioning right in our lives. Prayer has power with God. And I love how it just says it. It says, and Abraham prayed, and they could have children. Amen. Come on, that's good news. That's a lesson for all of us about Stop complaining and start crying out to God. Amen. Number two, this is what I see in this passage. We need to apply the power of the cross to our need. Number two is apply the power of the cross to your need. So God, so Moses cried out to God, right? Remember the story? We read it. And and after he cried out to God, the Lord showed him a tree. Everybody say a tree. The Lord showed him a tree, and apparently he went to that tree, cut it down, threw it into the water, and when the tree got into the water, whatever was in the tree got into the water, and it turned from bitterness and pollution to purity and sweetness. And I'm like a lot of old commentators, dead, long since gone. I believe that tree is a picture of the cross. The tree called Calvary, where Jesus bled and died and took upon himself our sin and our disease and our dysfunction. He took it all to the cross and he nailed it there and he turned the bitternesses of life to sweetness. Hallelujah. He took the tree and he threw it into the water. He applied the tree to the bitterness, and it changed. Remember that by his stripes, Isaiah said, we are, present tense, healed. Then Peter, quoting that, went past tense, and he said, by his stripes, you were healed. In other words, it's a settled fact. It's a done deal. God is your healer. Spirit, soul, body, emotion, marriage, whatever the case may be, he's Jehovah Rapha. He's God our healer. Amen. So we need to get desperate for the power of the cross to be manifest in our situation and in our life. And we need to come with that kind of faith, that kind of confidence that Jesus did it all. When he hung on the cross, remember those final words, it is finished. He said, it's done. It's been accomplished. Everything that I came and lived and died for, now I will rise above all of this. It's done. Healing, restoration, recovery. Spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Sean. Amen. We just need to get, we need to, get to that place where we believe that. We believe in the power of the cross. Remember that man who had a demon-possessed son, and he said to Jesus, if you can, have mercy and heal him. And Jesus, essentially in the Greek language, it sounds like this. Jesus is like, 
You're telling me if I can, if you can believe. It's not if I can, it's if you can believe. If you can, Jesus. Jesus said, if you can believe. It's a done deal. Amen. Receive it. Receive the healing power. Apply the cross to it. So if we're sick in body, today when we pray for healing in whatever dimension you need it today, we're throwing the cross into that bitterness. God's going to turn it around. Amen. Come on, we either believe this or we don't. And then the final thing I want to say to step into the healing of Jesus today is number three, we need to follow God's prescription for good health and good healing. You know, the doctor has a prescription for you to pick up at Walmart. No, in the Word. It's, called, it's in the Word, not Walmart. The Word Mart. We need, God has a prescription for us. I want you to see it again. He said in verse 25 there, he tested them. In verse 26, it says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, I am your God, your healer. I am here to heal you, not to disease you. I am here to heal you. But listen to me. You need to heed my voice and do what I say. And what I instruct you to do, you need to do it. Listen, I heard a preacher say this, and I think he's right. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of conditions. When God gives his word and a promise, and he applies a condition to it, then it is imperative for me to step into that promise to do the condition. Otherwise, I miss out on what God has for me in the healing. So what he's saying to the Israelites, listen, you're going to have a long journey ahead of you, and if this is the way you're going to act about everything, then we're not going to get very far. But if, you, but if I give you instruction, if I say my word, I'm saying it for your health and for your healing. I want to turn things around in your life. But you've got to listen to me. How I many you know God is a healer? He's a healer. But he also wants us to walk in good health. And one of the ways that we do that is by listening to him and obeying him and doing what he says so that we don't always have to come back to the place of just getting healed from, but walking in health in. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22 says something similar. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. God is not just saying, I, I don't, I'm not just talking about spiritual life, you know, just kind of this idea of like spiritually. I'm talking about your flesh. I want you to be healed and I want you to be healthy, but you have to listen to what I'm saying. You have to live according to my word. Amen. So God gives us certain, he gives us obviously his word. I hate to hold this up as my Bible. It just seems like I'm cheating. I wish I had my actual paper Bible. No, that's too small. Yeah, I need a prop up here. So anyway, anyway, we have uh, 
God, God has things he wants us to do. There, there, there are things about our present state of mind, sickness, brokenness, spirit, soul, body, whatever, that the Lord may say, and we have the Bible, and we have you know, his word in there, but there are certain things that the Lord may say to you for your healing. Like he said to Naaman, you need to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And he's like, I came from a land of better rivers than the Jordan, and you're telling me to dip myself in that one? And God says, that's your healing. Or to the man at the pool of Siloam, or he said, go wash. Jesus took spit, rubbed it in dirt, put it on his eyes. How you like that? How's that feel warm and fuzzy? And said, now go wash it off in the pool of Siloam. That was part of the healing. Other times, Jesus just touched people, put, the, put his finger in their ear, boom, open. But then there are other times when Jesus says he gives instruction because the Lord is testing you, just like he said here, I'm testing you. Are you going to pay attention to me? You want, you want healing? This is a test. Are you going to obey my word? Are you going to listen to what I'm saying? In another place, Jesus said to the man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, do you want to be well? And the man said, of course I want to be well. Why would I be here if I didn't want to be well? Because the man didn't really want to be well. But then Jesus got a hold of him and he got well. And then later Jesus saw him and said, now turn away from your sin unless a worse thing come upon you. You found yourself here, and this isn't the case of everybody physically, but some of our sickness is a direct correlation to some of our action. And Jesus is saying, okay, let's be done with that now. Like you've got to be done with the drugs and the alcohol. You've got to be done with the pornography. You've got to be done with the, you know, you've got to be done. Come on. I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying, Jesus says, now you've got to stop that. You're healed. You're free. You're forgiven. It's all good. But now you've got to be done with that. Amen. God is good. He's a healing God. Let's all stand. Can I have the prayer, people? Julie, would you come for... Amen. I believe that God wants to heal people today. And if you're here today and you need a physical healing, emotional healing, you, and you can... Listen, somewhere you need to be healed. Somewhere. Probably. You need a relationship healing. You need a healing of your mind. Maybe there is a, uh, you know, a mental, something mentally just not working right in your mind. God wants to heal today. He is ready to heal today. Do you believe that? Let's run to the strong tower of Jehovah Rapha today. Lord, we love you so, so much. Thank you for your word, your word is truth, your word is life, your word is powerful. I pray today, right now, God, that all inhibitions and fears and, and uh, resistance would be dropped from our heart and that we would run to you, our God, our healer. Lord, that you would 
heal us of our diseases. Lord, I think of Linda and Shelly who are struggling with cancer. I think of Jerry and Mary McLaughlin, Lord. God, and we, we have so, so many in our fellowship, God, who are just physically, God, they need a healing touch. But just, just like physical, some of us need to be healed of our backsliding. Some of us need to be healed of our brokenness and our wounded hearts, which keep us going back to the same devices that destroy us and keep us in a cycle of destruction. God, we need healing. And you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals us. So have your way, Lord. Have your way in our hearts. God, teach us to know you as healer, as fixer, as repairer, as mender. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says amen.